0: Hello, everybody. We are finally back into our conversation. We've been chatting about appropriate vulnerability and relational space. We started this series with me sharing an event that had recently occurred in my life that illustrated our need to take responsibility for our own discomfort, to to be seeking out the options of how to how to manage what's going on and, and accepting the consequences that come with each of those options. Sometimes the options involve releasing the other from the expectations that accompany mutual relationship. If someone shows us that they don't regard us and our discomfort as equally valuable as they do themselves and their discomfort, we need to create relational space there. We, we then went on to discuss a vision for relationship, the, the freedom to own our choices while allowing others the freedom to own theirs. And, and we talked about goals in relationship being the stepping stones, uh, the behaviors and the habits and the mindsets that we practice intentionally to move us in the direction of, of our vision. And, and then the third episode in the series was about the risk of vulnerability you know from the moment we meet another human we're we're all practicing risk taking we we put our feelers out we ask questions we make requests and to the degree that we feel we're accepted by the other we we continue to risk the problem is that some of us assume that we're accepted when we're not and and we risk big and and other times we might assume that we're not accepted when we are, and, and we keep our risks small, how can we tell if we're accepted, right? How can we know, you know, how can we know where that line of appropriate beneficial risk lies? Well, in some Respects we can look to our emotional dashboard and, and we can ask questions right do i do I feel angry? Do I feel resentful? Have I given more of myself than was asked for? Am I reading into something that isn't there? We can ask the other direct questions around what they're expecting or wanting from the connection you know and that's risky too because there aren't there aren't any guarantees. You know, which then brings us back (laughs) to where we started, taking ownership of our discomfort. You know, one question that often comes to my mind is whether the discomfort that I'm experiencing is at least partially brought on by how I go about connecting, whether I'm expecting too much or maybe I'm accepting too little um. Maybe I, I'm seeking comfort at all costs by bringing too close those who who never agreed to offer comfort, or or maybe sometimes shutting out those who might truly be a source of comfort to me. And 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 that's the that's the issue, right? How how do we know? How do we know? You know what to share? How much to share? With, with whom to share? And I don't pretend to have the answers to all of this. I I suspect it has something to do with expectations and intentions. You know, if I have an expectation that the person with whom I'm sharing will fill a gap that they have not agreed to fill, I'm setting myself up for potential rejection. And, And, you know, likewise, if I enter into a conversation with the intention of my sharing, being part of my healing journey, you know, I'm setting myself up for potentially being dismissed or misunderstood. But then, then what, right? Does this mean that we share only certain things with only certain people? And and how do we even get to that place of knowing, you know, when and, and, and what and with whom, you know, maybe, maybe we, you know, keep a lockdown on certain, certain topics or certain things. I, I don't know, but maybe not. You know, I tend to be a sharer. I And I used to be an oversharer. Some might uh, think that I still am, <laughs> because what I share might make them a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I, I, I try to be careful about that. Um, but I used to be an oversharer on my, my end. I used to be in a lot of pain a lot of the time. And, and I was quite often truly disappointed, like devastatingly disappointed in relationships. Um, but I'm still disappointed in relationships now. I'm, I still, I still find that I, I'm lonely, even in good relationships. I, I still find that I can be misunderstood and, and dismissed and, and sometimes rejected at certain points, right? It's just not nearly as often or as intensely, as it used to be, um, I've gone through a lot of ways of figuring out how to manage this, and and so I, I thought I would share a couple of, uh, of of ways that I have learned to manage um, how to go about knowing what what is that what is that best level of, of self disclosure or transparency, and I and I I don't think it's about levels. I don't think it has as much to do with only share these things at this level, I don't think levels have anything to do with it. But I do think that we, there are, there are, there are levels of vulnerability. And vulnerability isn't always attached to the what that we're sharing. Okay, so kind of to to kick us off thinking through um, some of these ways that I've learned, um, how or what to think or what to expect I'll, I'll tell you one of the first things that shifted for me was 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 my expectations because I realized that that everybody is hurting everybody is mostly concerned with their own discomfort right and and sometimes those who can't deal with their own pain distract themselves from it from that pain, right, by getting over involved in the pain of others. And this is, you know, this is still a way of focusing on themselves. You know, for me, I typically don't um, hand over myself to to fixers, uh, because I tend to be a bit of a cynic, I don't trust people (laughs) that easily. Um, And I also Quite frankly, tend to be a fixer myself. I'm the one who fits into that category, uh, where I can easily distance myself from my pain by helping others find relief from theirs. That's that's just what's true about me. I'm not going to lie about that. You know, I'm. Some people said, "Oh my goodness, Lisa, you're so nice. You're such a saint." I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even that much of a giver, quite honestly. I I merely take a break. From the mess under my own roof <laughs> to help other people you know repair a few leaks in theirs, um, I think that we all though have that lens of looking out and being focused on our own discomfort, whether we're overgiving oversharing um, or we're holding back right, so it's not about the what that we're sharing, it's more about the why and and the intent and the expectation that something should be returned to us from the other the other side you know most of my hurt and disappointment in relation to others ha- has been in in not feeling heard when i when i was so desperate to be heard right or being misunderstood when i desperately needed To be understood in order to to fill that that space that need in in my own discomfort right misunderstanding is a big big deal for me Um, you know I want there to be an adequate dose of empathy if I'm sharing something (laughs) but but when things get a little close to the pity line you know I'm out (laughs) and and so I, I I I I sit on that line a little bit. How much do I hold loosely my expectations, but how much am I really expecting? And how much am I trying to control how the other person responds to me, right? It has to do with these expectations of what I want to have back, right? So how did I kind of learn to manage this? I I think it was a long process, right? Of understanding, right? That everyone sees through their own lens that it's, that it's not all about me. People really aren't coming in to shared space with me because they're so wanting to just sit and see me. They want to be seen themselves, right? That's a true uh, mutual relationship is when everybody is coming in with the desire and the need to be seen, and the curiosity to be to see the other right um, so I think understanding that people are seeing me through their lens um, and that and that other people also respond to appropriate vulnerability from me when when I risk it it gives others the freedom to risk also and and there are ways of discerning. When, when we're all risking appropriately. If if somebody wants to swallow me up in their pain, right, with their story, they're going to overshare or over-involve me with their expectations that I haven't agreed to meet. If someone doesn't want to connect at a greater level, you know, my risk will go unanswered. And that's my cue that I've reached a limit. Now, the relationship might stay at that space or, or it could grow and the best way that I have found to to find out is for me to respect that limit and, and maybe over time test it in measured ways you know, to see if that limit has, has opened up a little bit or, or maybe I just wait and, and allow the other person to risk when they feel safe and then respond to their risk in accordance with, with my own limits. I've noticed also that I tend to categorize vulnerability risk. And I've come up with an analogy to kind of illustrate what this looks like. Imagine um, that you and I are sitting across from one another. And maybe there's a table in in the middle of us. But in front of each of us is a pane of glass that, that can slide open or closed. And this kind of creates three areas of vulnerability, right? Three or three areas of sharing in a sense, and, and I can share something you know on my side of, of my glass. You you can't open up your glass and touch it because it's it's closed up on my side of the glass. And, and maybe I share this little bit of myself just to see how you're going to respond. What's the look that comes over your face? Your first instinct, and and maybe I decide you know. Based on your response, how safe do I feel to, to open up my window and, and put it out on the table? Maybe I feel safe enough to open up my window, you know, put put a little part of myself out onto the table. And, and then I might close my window up and see how you respond. You know, how do you approach that bit? It's not just how you see it, but now what are you going to do with it, right? Do, do you open your window to take a closer look? Do you ask questions? Do you poke and prod are you, are you gentle? Are you rough? What is your attitude around what I've just offered? You know your general attitude toward me after after interacting with that little bit of myself? Now, are you curious, or do you think by seeing that that you've summed me up completely? Okay. The most vulnerable space though, is when i I've decided that I trust you enough to place a piece of myself out on that table between our windows and then I keep my window open I'm now risking not just the piece of myself that's out there, kind of packaged up but also the parts of myself that are still back here, right behind my glass, I've opened it up I'm not protected from your response to what I've shared I'm openly affected by whether you open your window or not You know, I'll be hurt if you disregard or mistreat the bit I've shared with you. I'm not simply putting out a gift of processed experiences and facts about me. I'm allowing you into the process of what it looks like in the present moment for you to engage with those experiences and facts, to be present with me in this new process. You see, I'm a master at sharing things with my window closed. I can release all expectations. Now this doesn't mean I don't hope that people will respond well to what I'm sharing. It doesn't mean that I don't get hurt and disappointed, misunderstood. It doesn't mean uh, that, I, that I don't feel and I'm not affected. It just means I'm not going to share how I'm affected it means that I, I own my discomfort and whatever pain that might uh, come about because of how people are uh, responding to what I have put on the table. I don't, I don't blame people for how they respond, right, if they're mishandling what I've placed out there because I placed it out there. That was my choice, and I take full responsibility for that. I put it out there as a gift, right? Now, it also doesn't mean that I'm going to place the same thing out there in the same way under the same conditions in the future, (laughs) right? I'm probably going to learn a little bit of how that works, um, and, 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 you know, whether I hold back or maybe I put it out there again because it's something that I just need for myself to have out there. I, I think of, uh, the work that I'm doing here, for instance, right? This podcast, the book that I'm working on, um, Hopefully having published by next year, you know, in order to put myself out there into the public spaces, I have to be able to lay all the things that I share on that table and close my window. And, and it might even mean that I occasionally need to pull the shade down over my window. Right? There might be moments of, of vulnerability when I can't handle watching what I've shared get torn apart but I can't stop it from happening. And that's the deal, right? You 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 reveal yourself in an unhidden way and people really have the option to do whatever respond however they choose to respond to that. And and sometimes we can't handle that and we need to pull back a little bit, right? But when we are putting our we're unfolding our our work out into the world right those things that we are creative selves those things are just out there and they need to be out there right humanity needs to um to benefit from um all of us sharing those sacred bits of ourselves but that doesn't mean that those sacred bits won't be responded to in a way that's really hard to to, to see and to watch and but we don't necessarily need to let people see how we're responding because that's enough that is a level of vulnerability that is not appropriate to that space, okay, so you see what I mean by it's not about what we're sharing, it's the how it's the expectation it's the intention right and And here, when I bring up the whole, uh, you know, closing up the shades, that brings us up, brings up another point. Even if I felt safe enough to share something yesterday, doesn't mean that I feel the same level of safeness the next day. Vulnerability doesn't follow. It doesn't follow a level's matrix. Once you open this space or that with someone, doesn't mean they always have access to that space. It, It just doesn't work that way in order for me to regain a sense of equilibrium of stability of ha ah, i have reconnected with my sense of being unconditionally accepted sometimes i need to close the curtains and have a good cry or sit in some pain that was triggered by what i've shared and maybe that pain that i'm sitting in or how i was triggered is not something that I'm ready to share. That's a, that, that new process, that new level of of sharing. Yeah, what I shared is great, but but the, the person out there doesn't need to see at this moment while I'm processing what's going on. I don't owe that to everybody, okay? We always have that safe space to kind of draw back into ourselves and, and pull the blinds. The trouble with that though is that some of us pull the blinds, and never risk opening them back up again. We think this makes us safe, but it really only means that we're we're not connected. Um, and maybe you're going to say, but I'm connected with myself. But that's not true. We need other people to reflect and respond to us in order to find out who we truly are. I'm not myself, not fully myself in isolation. Silence and and temporarily disconnecting can restore an overwhelmed system, but too long. And that system goes dormant. I'm changed. I'm atrophied in in some ways that I'm not even aware of. One of the most uh, impactful definitions of boundaries that I've ever heard is uh, it goes something like this. Um, Boundaries are a means of protecting our vulnerabilities. And the windows and the shades represent our boundaries. We need to know what our vulnerabilities are and our expectations and sharing them with this person or with that person. We need to understand what our intentions are. You know, I can allude to some things on this podcast that I've experienced and my intention is is not to process my pain here, right? Some of that pain I've already processed. Some, you know, I'll still process at different levels as new things come up, new things that come up as I'm in connection with other people, right? Um, My intention is to say enough to open up a connection between all of you listening and myself, right, and a connection for you to have with yourself and with the people in your world. If I were speaking to a larger group, uh, in in a moment or like like we're all in the same place at the same time, uh, I might I might even share more details of a particular story, maybe even a particularly painful story. Um, I might risk exposing more, um, um, more directly, or Uh, more expansively, some past wounds, so that people listening might feel safe. Like they might feel like, oh, I'm not the only one, or oh my goodness, yes, I've experienced that. Right, so that they feel safe exposing their own wounds, even if it's only to themselves, right? Neither of these situations are me with my window open. Um, You know, I just returned from having coffee with a friend, and this isn 't someone I 've known for a super long time, but it is someone with with whom I feel a, a family type connection and i I probably need to say a healthy family type connection because some of us don 't come from families that uh, where that means uh, anything all that <laughs> all that pleasant um, but family to me has a connotation of um, of closeness of safety. Um, not because I inherited that from my family of origin, but because that 's what I believe that family is intended to be um, and so I feel that sense of a family um, with this person and instead of simply showing the pickles in a jar right I think of uh with the with the windows i I, I had this uh thought as I was driving home you know sometimes you know i 'm really great at packaging all my stuff up and putting them in a jar and then sealing it up and I can take that jar around and show it to this group or that group or have a conversation and I can really connect in that moment. I'm being fully, you know, real in myself but opening up my window is like breaking the seal on that pickle jar. I've allowed the seal to pop I'm affected in the present moment by the interactions with this person, right? I, I've just risked that that some juice will will drip out, right, and spill over, and, and it, it's sticky and you know a a mess, little bit messy there, right? Or the other person having a reaction to that that vinegary scent, and 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 it, it it's not always that pleasant, right? Things can get messy, things can get. Uh, um, you know, there I, I can feel a little bit insecure about that. Right. But there's a mutual engagement. I'm not there simply to encourage the other person to open themselves up and be fully themselves and, and receiving the gifts that come with that type of connection. I'm now allowing myself to be seen and encouraged, to be affected directly by that interaction. And and these are the the, the different uh ways that we can be vulnerable, the different uh um, you know, I said it's not it's not levels, uh, but it but there is a sense of levels of vulnerability. But I don't think it's levels of what we're sharing. It's levels of how we're sharing and the expectations that come with that and the risk involved with it. You know, I don't believe we're meant to have our windows open all the time. I don't. I don't believe we need to be naked and unashamed and also fully accessible. To everybody. I think the more we accept that we are unconditionally accepted, I do believe that 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 the more we can keep the curtains open, the more we can have our full selves exposed in that window and, and even put out onto the table. But we're not concerned as much in those moments about the other's acceptance of us because we've already accepted that we're acceptable just because, right? It doesn't mean that I have to be accepted by that person because I bring with me this acceptance, this sense of being accepted, right? We're, we're free to just simply be, to keep our, our vulnerabilities protected you know, by having relational space that's appropriate for each relationship. But there are certain times with certain people when we feel safe enough to open our windows, to allow the other to affect us and reveal to us at deeper levels who we are. Not only what we think we are through the lens of our packaged up past experiences and process, we get to see what, what's, what makes us flinch now, what makes our hearts soar with excitement now, what makes us think Now. What creates new questions in us now? And sometimes we inspect these new bits behind our curtain for a while. And sometimes we take a look along with the other, sharing the process in the present moment. When we talk about becoming more naked and unashamed, when, when I describe the vision for relationship, I don't mean to say all relationships are to share the same level and risk of vulnerability not at all all relationships might share the same level of unhiddenness right under ideal conditions that's the kind of the ultimate goal in a sense or the ultimate vision right but not everyone is a good fit for us to be vulnerable with to the point of working out our process of new insights in the moment so there's still relational space to consider. There's history, there's affinity, there's proximity. And so the next episode in this conversation, we're going to talk about what that relational space might look like, right? And what does that mean? How can we, re- how can we respect relational space without placing value judgments on whether the relationship is a good relationship or a bad relationship. How do we hold intention, uh, the idea of unconditional acceptance with emotional distance? You know, often we'll say, oh, that's not a good relationship. And, And it's like, you know, maybe it's just a distant relationship, but we don't have to say it's good or bad. This is the level, the distance, the space that's appropriate for this relationship which is different space that might be appropriate for that relationship. So we'll pick that up the next time we have a uh, conversational episode. There might be uh, one or two bonus episodes in, in the meantime. Uh, but until, until then, have a great one.